Well, I still believe there's a whole lot of fight left in Dexter, too. <laughs> yeah. We're glad to have Dexter and Lydia here today. Uh, we met Dexter about 10 years ago when he started his road to sobriety, and uh, he's been on that journey, and uh, we're here to celebrate that with him today and congratulate him for nine years, right, Dexter? Nine years. Praise the Lord. Well, Lydia, I want to introduce you because I believe that uh, God put you in Dexter's life, and I just think everybody will acknowledge you. Could you stand with his wife, Lydia? Was anybody here about nine or ten years ago when Lydia spoke? Was any of you here? Yeah, all right. Been here a long time. Uh, so Dexter Manley, come now. You, and Gay's going to do a little interview with Dexter, but I, Dexter is a two-time Super Bowl champion and, uh, how, and uh, lots of Pro Bowls and one of the 70 greatest Redskins. Welcome, Dexter. You can do better than that. Let's go. Welcome, Dexter. Thank you, buddy. Happy Father's Day to all the guys out there. Yeah. <laughs> Dexter, what was, what's it like for you to watch that? You were watching it down there. You were like, memories were coming back, right? Well, the first thing I think of is that how much great time that I had as a Redskin, but you could never do it alone. You always have to have fan base, and the Redskins have the most avid Redskin fans across the country, and that's what makes it even better. Yeah, it does. Now, before we get going, uh, we were talking about how the NFL Network is doing a yeah. documentary on you. Now, when are we going to get to see that? Uh, that's going to air uh, the National Football League. The, how many of you guys have cable network? <laughs> okay, well, get the cable network. <laughs> get, the get the cable network and continue to pay your tithes. But it, it, anyway, uh, that's going to show on uh, Redskins Play the Giants on September the 24th. They're promoted that night, but it's going to air on September the 25th, starting. That's when it's going to start. Oh, good. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Well, uh, Dexter told me, uh, I, I told him that I w he doesn't have to think about what to say. I'll just ask him the questions, and that makes it easier for him. And uh, so he, he told me then in my office, he said, Nothing's off limits. That's right. So here we go, right? All right. <laughs> I love that. Okay, let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, Dexter, I know that some have heard your story, but your story is amazing. I know just even in the 10 years that I've known you and Lydia, just to watch your journey. Can, can we start out at the beginning, uh, your childhood, sure, and where sure. you're from, and what that was like a little yeah. bit? Yeah, originally I'm from Houston, Texas, and... Uh, uh, let me just put this on the onset, is that Texas got the best football in the country. How many of y'all agree with that? Whoa. Okay. We, got, we got a portion on this side, and I see an ex-teammate of mine who was a great punt returner, kick returner, Mike Nims. Would you stand up, please? All you Mike. guys know Mike Nims. Yay, Mike. All right, Mike. Woo-hoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember, I want to, I'm going to answer your question, Gay. I want to talk about Mike Nim. I remember Play was playing Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, 1983-84. And uh, Mike had ran a couple of punt returns back, but one more he needed to run back. He fumbled the football, and uh, Mike, uh, I don't remember what happened, but we lost that game. 
No, I think, no, we never lose to the Buffalo Bills, but we won that game. Mike Hat was sensational, and Mike, I thank you for that. That took Joe Gibbs to 8-8. Eight and eight. Mm. Uh, That was his first year, we was 8-8, eight and eight, and uh, we had an outstanding run, and Mike was a big part of that. So thank you, Mike, for all your efforts. You know, this is what amazes me about men especially. It's like, they can remember every play that was played in every game, and they can pull that. You guys know that? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we were in, in my office, and uh, tell us how long you've been married, Dexter. I'm going on 18 years on uh, September the, uh, uh, <laughs> no, no, See what no, I mean? No. Yeah, that's good. But in there, you said, is it September, it's September 13th? what is it? 13th. Yeah. September thirteenth. You got it, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, don't, you don't pull anything past Dexter. Yeah, yeah. So, what was your question? See, I remember. My, oh, my question was about. See, this is what I love. My question was about your childhood okay. and where you grew up yeah, and what yeah, it was yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I grew up in Houston, Texas, and uh, had a mother and father, working class people, and I grew up pretty much in a low-income area. Uh, a lot of People were sort of uh, using drugs and stealing bicycles. And, but I had a tunnel vision. My tunnel vision was, uh, let me put this out there too. I was functionally illiterate. And uh, uh, I stayed in school, went to school. And, and uh, uh, so that's what that community was like. And, and I was very fortunate to sort of stay on the right side of the track. Wow. And then uh, how did you get involved with football? Uh, well, I started watching... I hate to say this. Uh, I don't want to use that word. Hey, I just dislike. I watched the Dallas Cowboys religiously. Uh, yeah, I watched the Cowboys religiously, and that's where I really started liking football. And, and uh, uh, I just took that because I had a gift, and I used my gift, and I started playing football. I played football in my community, and, and uh, I did a good job. And you were pretty good. And then I you went so. on, and yeah. then you got scholarships? I, got, I had 37 scholarships uh, to go to different colleges, and I chose Oklahoma State University. It was a good run. What in the world made you choose Oklahoma? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> really? Well, that was a guy named Jim Stanley. Jim Stanley played with Paul Bear Bryant. Paul Bear Bryant was a coach at Texas A&M back in, uh, I guess, the 40s or 30s or whenever the guys were playing. He was coaching there. And uh, Jim Stanley came to recruit me and, uh, uh, from Oklahoma State University. And what I like about Jim Stanley is that he was a kind guy. Uh, he liked football. He liked Dexter Manley. Hmm. And, uh, and another thing that uh, he was in the Big Eight. At the time was the Big Eight. The Big Eight was the best football in the country. Uh, uh, collegiately. Uh, uh, and so I like Jim Stanley because uh, I went to visit the Stillwater, Oklahoma, and there was a lot of friendly people. And I will put this out there too, is that I think Jim Stanley identified with me knowing that I was from low-income family home and, and I had a learning disability. He worked with me and said he was going to work with me mm. and take care of me, and I believed him. And so that was one reason I went to Oklahoma State, because normally when you look around the country, a lot of guys go off to college division one, and most of them can't succeed. They drop out, they fell out. And I didn't want that to happen, so I had to go where I was gonna get some protection as well. Wow, that mentor was really important to you, wasn't it? Yes, ma'am. Yes, it was. Um, well, <laughs> Dexter, it's Father's Day, and uh, what was it like for you and your father? What was, 
I don't know anything about your father. <laughs> well, I had a father that was a working guy. Uh, he was very strict. Uh, now, in, in my family, in my home in Houston, Texas, I had three siblings. I had a sister and two brothers. And uh, my father didn't go to church, but it was a requirement that we had to go to church. I grew up in a Baptist church. And uh, if you didn't go to church on Sunday, you don't go, out, go outside until after 3 o'clock. That was that kind of deal. Yeah. And so, uh, but, <laughs> but my father was a, uh, worked at a tentacle oil company. He was a good provider. Uh, he was a good provider, very stern and strict, and uh, uh, had well-trained, well-mannered. A lot of that got through the Christian base, uh, uh, and, and that's what my father was like. And... Uh, I share this with you. One day I was sitting in my, uh, we had a little gun shack house. You guys will see that house on uh, uh, NFL Network. My father hit my mother. And when he hit her, I admitted, I just reacted. I jumped off and hit him. Had all of my siblings, we were sitting there. And, I, and you know, my father was like 6'4", about 225. And, and uh, so I hit him. When I hit him, I hit the door too. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I came back. Uh, I stayed gone for maybe a couple of hours. I came back. I was in uh, middle school when this happened. Wow. And, and uh, I came back. I was sort of petrified, fearful, but he didn't say a word to me. Hmm. Uh, uh, I, I think he got the idea that uh, he was wrong and, and the fact that I sort of took up for my mother uh, I think he had a, uh, some, some sort of respect for me because uh, my father was real stern and uh, he, uh, he wasn't a loving kind of guy, didn't share that verbally, but I think through his actions, uh, he took care of us in that kind of situation. But, uh, but I noticed my father would always sort of say that I was the one going to do something. The rest of my siblings... Uh, he didn't sort of say anything about them, particularly what they was going to do in life. And, and uh, 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 so that's how that was. And, and, wow. and uh, so that, those I, were... I think he had uh, somewhat some respect for me because mm -hmm. I reacted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So those were tough days. But then you went on. You got involved in football, went <coughs> to college. And then what was uh, who were you? Who did you go with first uh, pro football? Oh, well, well I, I, first, I went to Oklahoma State University, stayed yeah. four years. And then uh, it was time to get drafted to Washington Redskins. Uh, uh, I'm going to back up a little bit. It's that I was in college. Yeah, I was in college. And you see all these combines and different things around the country. Get all the top maybe 120-some guys in the country. And they didn't have the, uh, one combine. They had a different, different types of combine. And so uh, uh, I met Bobby Bethard in Tampa, Florida. Uh, somewhere around in January of 1980, 81, uh, before I got drafted. And uh, uh, we were doing a lot of testing, and, and not physically, oral testing, and that kind of thing. That's why I met Bobby Bethard, and I was introduced to the Redskins organization at the time. Bobby Bethard took me in the office. Uh, we were standing in some hotel in Tampa, and uh, he took me in there, and we sit down and talked, and we talked about football. And I'll tell you what he told me. I'm going to be very candid. There was a guy that had named Coy Bacon. And he said he wanted to replace me with Coy Bacon. He told me that in Tampa. 
Okay, and so, uh, and so now it's time to sort of take tests and evaluate and uh, uh, this kind of stuff. But Bobby Bethard and, uh, took me, and uh, it was maybe a half a dozen of us in this room taking a test. And, and, uh, and I really wasn't very uh, well with testing. And so uh, I took the test, and, and he, we went off and went to the room. And he said something. He wanted to draft me because he wanted me to replace Coy Baker. How many of y'all remember Coy Baker? Couple. I know Mike Nims remember Coy Baker. Yeah. He was here before I was. And, <laughs> and so, uh, okay, this was somewhere in January. In January, and I uh, talked with another guy. Uh, that guy's name was Dick something. He was the player personnel director for the Redskins. And, and uh, by that time, see, the draft was early May. And now the draft is in April. And, and so we finished the combines in Tampa, Florida. I went back to uh, Oklahoma State. And uh, by this time, now it's the draft time. You know, all the people start evaluating the players and the different positions across the country. And, and uh, uh, I was always in the top five as a defensive end uh, in the country coming out. And so, uh, uh, Draft day came, and, and, and uh, uh, the first round went by. Uh, I wasn't picked because I was projected to go like first day, you know. Well, wow. I was real surprised about that, <laughs> and I was looking forward to it, so I didn't get drafted. The next day, it's like in Oklahoma, it's like an hour behind here, and, and so... Uh, I was sitting at my apartment in Oklahoma, Stillwater, Oklahoma, and it was getting to be like about four or five or six o'clock, maybe six, between five and six o'clock on that draft day. And I'm nervous now because I'm wondering, why haven't I got picked? Because I was projected to go early. <laughs> and so, uh, boy, I tell you, this is the truth. I got nervous. I started walking in my apartment. I decided I'm going to get on my knees and say a prayer. And I asked for that guy who I talked to in Tampa to call me. And as soon as I got up with my prayer, the phone ring. It was Bobby Bethard. Wow. It was Bobby Bethard and Joe Gibbs, and they said they had drafted me in the fifth round. And, and I was very happy and pleased. And, and uh, so that's how I became a Redskin. And, and when I came here, uh, in the spring, school was just letting out. Uh, I did go to class, even though I was functionally literate. Uh, don't think I didn't show up. I was sitting on the front row because I wanted those professors to know me and give me the grade. And uh, a lot of them had compassion for me. They gave me a grade, but it really didn't matter because my senior year, I was leaving anyway. And, and so uh, uh, that's how that took place, and, and uh, I was very fortunate to become a Redskin. Wow. So you were with the Redskins the whole time, huh? Uh, at least for nine years. Yeah? Nine years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of the inside of working of the mind of a person that we just watch on TV, right? So mm -hmm. thanks for sharing that, mm -hmm. Dexter. So um, throughout your life, there's been kind of this theme, God was there. You mm -hmm. called on him. But life got tough in a lot of ways, too, didn't it, when you were playing football? Well, uh, yes, it did. Yes, it did. Uh, uh, I grew up in a Christian family and a Christian church in Progressive New Hope Baptist Church in Houston, Texas, as I stated earlier. 
you had to go to church. Uh, I went to all three services, Sunday school, BTU, and, and uh, um, if you didn't do that, you had, couldn't go outside till after 3 o'clock. So church was ingrained in me, and, and uh, I stayed that way all the way when I got to Oklahoma State and went to church in Stillwater, and, and I came to the Redskins. Uh, uh, it was available. I started going to a church, uh, a few churches in that area, uh, 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 and all of a sudden, uh, I started putting that on the back burner, my Christian beliefs and values, because uh, I started believing my own hype. You know, I was like 19, I was 20 years old, 20, 21, when I came in the league, and, and uh, 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 I was young and impressionable, and, and uh, I just thought that it was all me. You know, I didn't need that help from a higher power, God, to help guide me anymore. So I started trying to do things on my own will, and I failed. Yeah. I failed. Yeah. And I know um, <clears throat> I was a big Redskin fan during those days, and the Hogs, and Joe Gibbs, yeah, and yeah, Dexter yeah. Manley. Oh, and, thank you. And yeah, yeah. Um, and but you know I've heard you you've told Buddy and I some stories about how those days were and I know now Dexter you've been sober for nine years nine years as a matter of fact I just celebrate nine years on June 17th thank you yeah it's and and uh, so I loved what you just told me back in, in my office when I said, what's it like now for you to be sober for nine years? Well, I, I began, uh, I started participating in my own life. Not in my own life, but in the life of others. My children and my wife and, and uh, my family members. Because, you know, being a, being a football player, at least for me, I'm only speak for me, is that it was an I syndrome kind of guy. You know, it was I, 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 me, me, me. But uh, when you clean up your act, when I clean up my act, I have more sensitive to other people's needs and I'm more concerned about other people. And I'm not as selfish as I used to be because what good is it going to do me? I want to have a good quality of life. Mm -hmm. God has blessed me to be able to come through the rain, the wind, and the storm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking about marriage and we were saying... It's not easy to be married, is it? How long have you been married to Buddy? 40 years, man. Boy, that's, that's a long time. How yeah. many of you guys out there got 40 years? Can I see a <laughs> okay. show of hands? Okay, you guys about, still together. What about 18, like Lydia and Dexter? Anybody 18? That's, well, you've got 18 over that's here. That's pretty amazing, too. Yeah, yeah. And it takes God, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It, it takes, takes a high God. power. Yeah. You can well, tell they look disrupted. They must be cowboy fans <laughs> back there. <laughs> Okay, oh, well, good for happy you. anniversary. Good for you. It takes yeah, yeah. Well, ha uh, Dexter, how did you get sober? What well, was that? Well, it was one day at a time. Uh, I'll back up a little bit is that uh, when I came into the National Football League, see, my neighborhood was uh, 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 drug infested, all this kind of stuff. But I stayed away from that element because I knew that uh, I wanted to get to the next level in life. There was another guy that I played football with at Oklahoma at Jack Yates High School. He was a high school All-American. I shared this yesterday. He was an All-American. But he made a bad decision. He was drinking. He got drunk one day, 
and ran out in front of a place called uh, Scott Street and got hit and got killed by a car. That left a profound effect on me. So I kind of swear to myself I wasn't going to drink, I wasn't going to use drugs. When I got to the National Football League, uh, I saw a lot of different elements. I heard people talking about it. I was young and young and impressionable. And uh, uh, so I started using drugs probably in 1982. I came to the league in 81. I'm not going to break the guy's anonymity, but I saw a guy. He was an all-pro cornerback. And he sort of impressed me with his style. And, and uh, uh, I remember I went over to his place in Reston, Virginia. Uh, 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 I could tell that this wasn't a safe haven place. And so uh, then another guy came up in a Corvette. It was a black guy, but he looked like he was a Caucasian. He gave him a brown bag. And I, I, I didn't know what was going on. And so I, I'll be quite frank with you. Uh, I saw that. And then we had a football game. Now, what guy going to miss a football game at the professional level? The guy never showed up for a football game. That's when I learned the guy had a problem. As long as I live, I never forget this. Art Monk came to me and said, stay away from that individual. Say, this is what management told him. You, you know, and so I didn't take heed to that. Uh, but when the guy missed that game, I knew then that uh, I'm going to keep my distance. And I did, but all of a sudden, uh, the guy was uh, sort of flamboyant. You know, I was young, and, and, and the guy had lots of women around him and all this kind of thing. And, and uh, you're a young guy. You know, I was single, and that's kind of what I wanted to do. Sure. Yeah. Young guys want to Excuse do. me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, Dexter's being pretty honest here, isn't he? Yeah. yeah Everybody yeah. say amen. I love, I love your honesty, Dexter. Thank you. Well, thank you. Now, Mike Nim was there, but he was a, he was a Bible-toking guy. He wasn't a part of that crowd. <laughs> he was a Bible-toting guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always had a lot of respect for Mike Nim because he was a family man, and he wasn't with those crowd that when I first came to the league that I saw uh, hanging out at Paul Mall's and, and different restaurants and uh, bar, not restaurant, they were bar scenes, and, and, uh, and, and just to get a little bit more candid. And so uh, uh, when I first experimented, I heard people talking about uh, cocaine is in the locker room, and, and I went out to a place called Paul Mall once. And, and how many of y'all familiar with Paul Mall's in the district in Washington, D.C.? We're okay, suburb well, people. Yeah, okay, you guys are suburb people. I'm a suburb now. And I don't run to Paul Malls no more. <laughs> but anyway, and so uh, that's where I first got introduced to drugs, and I started using drugs, and, and I paid a heavy price for young people. Mm. I paid a heavy price for it. Mm. Thank you for sharing mm -hmm. that. So you're saying, <clears throat> excuse me, to the young people out here, you've got <laughs> two options. Mm -hmm. You've got a crowd that you were warned to stay away from, then you've got a crowd that you were watching that was kind of like you say, Mike Nelms and the Bible toting. And you, yes. you fell for the 
Yeah. The crowd and, and paid a heavy price for I that. I paid a heavy price. I yeah. sure did. Yeah. 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 So, so uh, your story is not finished, Dexter. Not yet. It's been an amazing story. I think so. It's been, and, and you're here today and you're sharing uh, how you've looked to God and how uh, you've found sobriety and how your life is very different. I can tell the difference today from nine years ago when mm -hmm. you were here. So I, I just applaud and commend you on that, Dexter. Yeah, well, thank you. Can't do it alone. Yeah. Uh, I, had, I had great help. My wife supported me. How many of you guys' wives stay with you when you're a drug addict or drunk? <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a wife that stayed with me. And uh, how do you do it, Lydia? Uh, the okay. grace of God, okay. Lydia says. Right. So give her a hand. <laughs> so, Dexter, uh, what would you say to someone out here if they're struggling with an addiction or maybe if they're just getting involved in that whole scene? What, would, what advice would you give them after the life that you've had? You've had an amazing life. I mean, professional football, but you've really yeah. struggled as well. Yeah, well, I think the first thing you have to uh, sort of be honest, to thy own self, be honest. And uh, see, I sort of stayed in denial. You know, I didn't want to face that. I had siblings and who was, became drug addicts and alcoholics and and uh, but I think the most important thing for one to do is uh, look in the mirror and be honest with yourself and see if that's an issue there, wherever it may be. See, God is real and he can rectify it if you sort of uh, take the initiative to be honest with yourself and be forthright. Uh, that's what wow. I would say. That's, can you get any better advice than that? Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. Dexter. Well, uh, I'll ask one more question, and then you can kind of wrap up. Um, I know you have children. You're a father, mm -hmm. right? Tell yes. me what that's been like for you through the years. Well, uh, I have three, three children. My oldest son, I didn't, uh, my oldest son I had when I was a senior in high school. Uh, I'll give you a little history. Uh, my girlfriend was pregnant, and... Uh, she wanted, not she did, her mother wanted me to marry her. Well, I was going off to college and I'm thinking, how am I going to get married? You know, I, I never crossed my mind to marry this young lady, but anyway, I felt like doing the right thing is that uh, in the back of my mind, I didn't want an illegitimate kid. Now, I went to my mother and father, not, not my mother, particularly my father and told him what the situation was. And he was very upset. He was upset with me, the fact that he think I was gonna marry this young lady and probably not pursue my athletics or go off to college. My father died when I was a senior in high school with colon cancer. And so, uh, uh, but uh, getting back on track is that uh, I married the young lady and, and uh, it was kind of a shotgun wedding, the mother, said I, she wanted me to marry her daughter. I married her daughter. And we stayed married for three years. And, and uh, uh, that didn't leave a profound effect on me. When I got into the National Football League and, and I was, uh, I, had, uh, I had another wife. See, I, well, I'm gonna say this. If you're in the professional life and you're not on God's side, you have two or three different wives. I don't have three wives. And this is my last wife over here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
Let, Dexter, let's just say you were out of control, okay. right? Yeah, yeah, I, you, agree yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. He agrees with that. And so uh, uh, when I was in, uh, when, in, 19, in the 80s, when I was here as a redskin, uh, Glenda was my second wife, and she was pregnant, and, and so she said that she was pregnant. Okay, so, uh, but now, here I am, sort of functioning literate. You know, how am I going to be a father to my kids and be a sort of a role model to them if I don't get my act together? So that was one of the reasons that made me, two reasons, two reasons that made me sort of look in the mirror and take some actions about my learning disability was on November, November the uh, 17th, 1985. That's when Joe Theismann broke his leg. How many of y'all was around here back then on a Monday night? That was one reason. Because I knew that uh, here's a guy like uh, uh, Joe Theismann, and, and uh, he was a, a great quarterback, a friendly quarterback, a smart quarterback, and a quarterback that was leading us, have led us before, and I saw a tragic accident. I saw a guy break his leg and would never play another down, and... So that was one reason that made me think I need to rectify my situation. Because for a lot of years, I was like Boy George, just putting the makeup on, covering the pain up. Okay? And so uh, 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 that was in 1985, and uh, uh, my, Glenda was pregnant. And uh, this is my second wife. She was pregnant, and... And, and, and after, I, after that football season in 1985, I went to a place called Hazleton. I went to Hazleton, Minnesota, a treatment facility. Uh, and and uh, I was sitting in this place, and there's a, uh, I mean, y'all familiar with Red Fox, Red Fox, he's a, his nephew. I didn't know that was help available. I'm gonna get to where we're going, buddy. Okay. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I was in rehab in Hazelton, Minnesota, and uh, was in a session, and, and I couldn't even hardly read about read what what they was passing out. And uh, this guy, Red Fox, uh, his name was Ray. I never forget Ray. Ray told me there was help available for a person like me. Okay, then my wife was at home pregnant uh, with my potential my kid coming. So that was such a dichotomy because I had his Joe Thyssen broke his leg and I felt bad about that. Stand on the sideline and, and, and not knowing it's not going to God to play another down. See, when I saw that guy break his leg, I knew he wasn't going to play another down. But he had something to fall back on. And so now I'm standing, I'm in rehab. I got a wife pregnant, and I want to rectify my situation. And now I see a glimpse of hope. Because God told me there's a place in Washington, D.C. There's a place somewhere I can get help. So I got on the phone, and I called my wife, and I told her she didn't even know I couldn't read and write. So I shared with her, and she told her mother, 
that was in Chicago, the mother told her there's a place in Washington called the Washington Lab School. How I many of y'all familiar with the Washington Lab School? Yeah, well, the Washington Lab School is a, is a school for learning disability children and adults. And so that's where I got some hope, and, and I took the mask off, and uh, uh, I rectified my situation. Uh, I went there like in, uh, Joe Thighs broke his leg in 80, uh, 85, and, and then uh, that was like 80, that was in November, so the year rolled around. I was in the Washington Lab School. Uh, when I got there, I was on a second grade reading level. I was 28 years old. And they worked with me, and I was started reading the Washington Post. Uh, I read, Washington Post is the 10th grade reading level paper, and I was reading that. Uh, it took me a while to get there, but I was reading the Washington Post. And I had a lot of confidence, and when I left there, I was able to sort of uh, uh, be somewhat of a role model to my second kid, which his name is Dexter. Because I was afraid if something happened, I'd give him the wrong medicine, and I would never be able to forgive myself for that. That was another reason I wanted to overcome this literacy part. And so uh, from that point on, it's been history ever since. Hmm. You've always had this deep place within you, haven't you, that has just uh, well, not given up. That's right. Yeah, that, that song they did, this is my fight song. You're a fighter, aren't mm -hmm. you, Dexter? I'm a fighter. Amazing Grace. Yeah. That's my theme song. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. So do you have a relationship with your children now? Oh, absolutely. Do All you? three of them. Yeah. And I'm a grandfather. I have five grandkids. Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it just speaks to how God can redeem and uh, how we can continually never give up, right? That's and right. God will do some amazing mm -hmm. things in your life. Well, he's real. He's real. Yeah, he's been real in my life because yeah. here's a guy who was functionally literate. I didn't think my whole life I couldn't read and write. That's amazing. But one day... Through some guy, great tragedy gave me a new horizon, changed my life. Yeah. See, if it wasn't for that accident with Joe Theismann, I'd still been walking around looking at my shoelaces hmm. with shame and not rectifying the situation. Does Joe Theismann know that? Did I you think tell so. Him that? I think so. He knows. If he doesn't know, the network told him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So we'll never look at that break again uh, the same, will we? Because every time I looked at it, it made me almost throw up. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but that, that's amazing. Um, so, Dexter, just give us some closing thoughts, and then we're going to sing your favorite song, right? Okay. Well, I, I, the only thing I can say is that... Uh, America's a great country. It's not what the government do for the people. It's not what the government do for the people. It's what we do for each other. That's what makes America strong and great. And it's one of my saying is that, it's Abraham Lincoln said. See, you see me in Red Sox. I've been Red Sox since, nine, since 2006. It's because I have the power to change my condition. See, I didn't think I had the power to change my, my condition. Was I functionally literate? I was on drugs. I couldn't overcome it. But somehow or another, I used the Red Sox as a symbol to overcome my condition. 
If one man can do it, so can another one. So I say to you is that if you have a situation in your life, ask God to come in and he'll answer your prayers. He answered mine. He changed my life. Wow. See, I grew up in church. I got on drugs. It took me a year. I was on drugs for a long time, uh, from 1982 to 2006. I've been to 37 rehab centers across this country. I want to tell you something. God is real. Praise the Lord. And uh, it took me 18 years to get one year. Because I didn't believe in the program at first. I thought I can do it. I wasn't like those people in Houston Third Ward. No teeth and on drugs in this kind of situation. I thought I was better because I'd made it somewhere. But I want to tell you something. Whatever situation you have, take it to God and be sincere about it. He'll change your life. He changed my life. He gave me a new wife, too. That's my last wife, too. <laughs> Thank you. Well, if the band will come on out, and we're going to sing. I know uh, every time Dexter's been here, he has loved uh, that song, Amazing Grace. So we're going to share that together. Dexter's going to be out uh, that for you to talk with him. Do you love his honesty and uh, Dexter's life and Lydia? They prove there is a God. It's amazing. Well, before they sing, I just want to say thanks, Dexter and Lydia. You've been good friends. I remember we were up in uh, somewhere <laughs> having dinner with them, and uh, you ask about church. You always ask about church. And I said, you know, we're, we're just kind of going through, a, you know, kind of a downtime. And uh, so I could appreciate your prayers. And he said, uh, what can I do to help you? And when he talked about that thing where he said, you know, we need to help each other, uh, you know, he said, I, I want to help you. And uh, that just meant a lot to me. And uh, Dexter, I really appreciate you being here today because you've helped me. you helped Gay and I, and you've helped our church, and you've helped our people uh, to hear your story, and I appreciate that. So, I, I uh, you know, I want you to know, now, Dexter played a long time ago, okay? And I think we all take a love offering for him today, and let's help him. Okay, let's give back to him. And so our ushers are going to come, and you can give. If you can't give, that's okay. Uh, we're going we're gonna to give him something. Uh, but if you want to give him a love offering because uh, you appreciate him and what he's done for us today and this weekend, you can do that with a cash or check to Salem Fields, or you can go out to the kiosk, however you want to give. But let's just worship God now and enjoy these moments together. God bless you. Sweet the sound that saved. 